What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 68 of the RXP podcast, the podcast where three working professionals talk all about their love for movies, TV shows, and video games. Today, I am joined by Tiffany. Heidi ho there. And Alex. Hody hi. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Well, you know what also is nice? playing games, watching movies, watching TV shows, every little thing that we talk about, we're going to talk all about it today. But first, I want to start off with something that I've been wanting to do for our variety game segments. You know, thinking back on what I've been playing, what I've been doing, one of the highlights has been playing co-op with my Good old friend Alex, we've been playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and I was thinking, you know it would be really fun? If we had co-op in VGS. So today, for the first time ever, you both are a team. Alex and Tiffany, we are going to play What Am I? And that's going to be, I'm going to be a game. It could be a game from the beginning of time to release last week. And you all get 20 questions, yes or no questions, to figure out what game I am. You did take my idea. This is going to be my video game <laughs> Excellent. Variety game segment for my upcoming episode. Well, I took it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a compliment of us co-oping, you know, like we are now one mind. You know, hive mind. That, that must be what it is. So well, I hope you, you all... didn't take my game too, because that would also be very. <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> um, so what I think is fair, if you guys get it, and I think you guys will, um, I'm not going to pick like some obscure like Star Fox 2 that was only released in Japan. Like it's not going to be anything like that. These are going to be well kno- a well-known game. I'm going to give you all 20 questions. They're going to be yes or no questions. I'm going to answer them the best I can. And you can guess at any time if you think you know the game. If you're wrong, it'll just count as one of your questions. Make sense? Like standard 20 questions. So um, if you guys get it, you'll both get a point. If you don't, I'll get a point. I think that's fair. Especially because sure. I, I, I promise it's not an obscure game. So um, just to update everyone, the standings right now is Alex has four and Tiffany and myself have three. So um, we can you guys can make some big moves separating yourself from me with this game. So you guys ready? Sure. Okay. Um, and you guys can decide... If you guys want to do like every other, you guys ask a question or if you want to talk it out, you know, no big deal. So we will start now with 20 questions. What am I? Alex, do we ask a year cut off like for our first question? Well, for the first question, I just want to go with his theme, you know, so I I just want to ask him, can you co-op this game? Oh, like is is it is it co-opable? You can co-op this game. Okay. Do you think a year cutoff would help us? I feel like you know release dates better than me, though. If, like, I, and I guess it'd be something that he wouldn't pick that's older, even though a lot of older games are co-opable, right? Like, you think back to the arcade, but I'm like, yeah. oh, man. if Does Matt know games? Like, does he know if it came out does in he 89 know games? or 91? 
Well, I mean, like, I was going to say, like, did it come out after the pandemic? Like, 2020? I think that's not much enough of a window, though. Okay, what about 2016? Is that still enough of a... I guess the problem is, is, like, how many years do we want? Maybe 2017, because that includes the Nintendo Switch. You know? Sure. Okay. Okay, has the game come out after 2017? Yes. Okay, so it's like fairly re. I mean, like that's recent. In the past four years. Yeah, five years. Yeah. Well, you said after 2017, so I was thinking 2018 onward, but it could. What did I? How did I ask? Like this dep- you said did- after 2017, so in my mind, oh, okay, it came out January 1st, 2018, or later. Well, that's not I what I was thinking, meant when including I asked the 2017. But I was including 2017. Well, way. when you say after 2017, what was 2017? <laughs> Alex, do we ask guys- about console? It's co-op. It's a co-op game, a recent co-op game. But yep. like, there's multi-platform. Do we ask if it's a multi-platform game? I want to say no. That's no. Really is it? Though. Is this an indie title? Like, is this published by an indie? What you would consider an indie publisher? No. Okay. Well, I was thinking like along the lines of like Overcooked or something, but now if you But then it's that, not going to be It Takes Two because It that, could be It Takes no, Two. No, that Hazelight Studios? No, but not pub- EA not pub- published it and that's oh. EA's big AAA. Okay, then it could be a Nintendo game. It could be Nintendo. But I don't really know Nintendo specific we need, co-op. We need, we need genre. So, like, what type of co-op is it? Um, you guys are a great team. This is great. Shooter, Alex? <laughs> do you think, like, differentiating a shooter game? Or, like, I don't know how to call that genre. I mean, shooters. Looter shooter? I mean, there are shooters. Do I say, I like, mean, is it Avenger, you, Marvel's Avenger? No, what would be <laughs> hilarious if you said if this is uh, if this is just Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and he's, like, inspired by Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. It's Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Is that your guess? Are you taking my guess? I don't, no, I don't want to blow that, even though Matt said we can still guess the game and continue on, but. Uh, what would help differentiate? Oh, do we say like? I mean, shooter's it, a big genre. It could be shooter, platformer. It, it could okay, be like Sackboy. Ask platformer. Is this game a platformer? Or yeah, no. Okay, so it's probably a shooter. Well, why don't you ask that? Is this? Would you consider this game in the shooter genre? Yes. Is it Tiny Tina's? <laughs> I don't know any. If you want to guess it. No, I don't want to guess it. Is that a shooter? Yeah, Tiny Tina's is a shooter. Is it Tiny Tina's Wonderland? It is not Tiny Tina's Wonderland. That would have been hilarious, though. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to... How, is, how many is questions this... do we have left? So you have Why 14 say, questions left. Is this a PlayStation 5 game? Wait, really? We have four? Like if yeah. there's if like is this PlayStation Five? And if you ever need a recap 4. of the questions that you've asked, I'm writing these down as you go. Just let me know. So co-op, I guess, is also 
generic in that maybe this is like death loop but i'm like technically they're like this not death loop's not like co-op per se but like there's another player in there with you and like technically they could help you like you don't like the person that invades you doesn't have to kill you i mean alex do we want to ask something else like did this game come out in 2020 or early or now to now so now we're like cutting two years yeah uh, i guess is it available on ps5 or xbox series x slash s i mean so that like was my original gen. yes that was but, but then i don't switch but i don't want to ask about both consoles because that doesn't really help i mean it does because if he says no then or if we ask both and he says no then it's multi-platform or it's like it's on Switch also, or it's exclusive Fine. to one. Ask your question. <laughs> What's your question, Alex? Oh man, there's so many questions I could ask. Uh, is this platform exclusive? Yes. So now I'm thinking Halo potentially, but okay. Technically, Halo Infinite's multi or co-op isn't out yet, but it will have it. So I, I would call that co-opable. But that's like one route I'm thinking. But then it could be, you know, one of the exclusives on PlayStation, or it could be a actually a Switch shooter. It might be like Splatoon, right? That's a oh, that is shooter. that is a co-op shooter yeah but why would that that's so random like why would it be splatoon is it because splatoon 3 is coming out this year that doesn't want to make it too easy you know you know alex what was the last question you just asked i'll recap it i'll recap it for everybody so it is co-opable it was released after 2017 it is not an indie it is not a platformer. It is within the shooter genre. It is not Tiny Tina's, and it is a, a console exclusive. Is it Halo? It is not Halo. You is have this, 12 questions left. Is this a series? Like, is Are there multiple entries that make up this like series? It is not. That it's in? It is not part of a series, no. A single-player co-opable game that's platform exclusive that came out recently? Or a single game, not a, a single-player. Single Alex, I'm doing it. Did this, does this game come out March 2020, between March 2020 and April 2022? It did come after March 2020. You have a panorama, Alex, a panorama game. Do we think it's it takes two? I is mean, this technically where he, oh, you, that is you're at the halfway. This, you're at the halfway is, mark. Is this where he announces that he finally finishes it? Like that's what he's been playing? Is that uh, Alex? Maybe. Is if, that if you want to sniff it out? I don't know it. how to sniff it out. That's just you there just is shooting in it. it. Is this it takes two? It is not. It takes two. <laughs> You're making it's, all my guesses be actual games. So all our listeners are going to think I'm a dummy because I'm not asking questions. But, but you're me. actually asking games, though. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be like, I don't know what games are. <laughs> Alex. I know genres. What are you going to do now? 
so it's come out in the past couple of years and it's it's in the it's what you would call a shooter now i'm thinking have has tiffany or an i played this game oh that's yes. a great question I'm like, I mean, um, it could be Avengers. Oh, no, no. Avengers came out before, didn't it? Didn't it come out 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I think it came out fall 2019. It came, I thought it came out during the panorama. No, No, because it it can't, oh, no, it might have come out, yeah, just before the new consoles launched. Yeah, it came out like September. It came out like September and the new consoles November. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds about right. You have eight questions left. Does this have licensed characters in it? No. Is this game Outriders? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) You or I have played it as co-opable. Six questions left. He says it is console exclusive? Yeah, it's cons- it is. It's platform, yep. but it's not platformer, so I wouldn't count Kirby in the Forgotten World, Forgotten Land, because that's is that a shooter though? I don't know. I mean, I guess doesn't it... Kirby have a gun? He does have a gun. I wouldn't mm. call Kirby a shooter, but he platforms too. That's true, but and then Matt said it's not a platformer. Yeah, and then Mario Odyssey. Oh no, that came out before. Tw- 2020 that came out 2017 yeah i gotta think of new stuff new stuff it's not halo are you cheating i'm not cheating no alex his are you (laughs) looking up games (laughs) yeah you're looking at games i played (laughs) yeah you're looking at games you played is there rules against this am i not allowed (laughs) i don't know if there's rules against this (laughs) Co-opable game. All right, keep it moving. Keep it moving. We're at 15 minutes in. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I know. I think I know what this is. Is this game Returnal? It is Returnal. Oh, at my gosh. 15 questions in. Oh, After my gosh. looking at his own PlayStation profile. <laughs> <laughs> no, my notepad. My oh, his notepad. Got it. Got it. Got notepad. it. Yeah, so I did not it, go to the internet for this. It is co-opable now yeah it came up after 2017 it's not technically an indie because now they're picked up by playstation that was a little bit of a tricky i didn't really know how to answer that but i went with no um it's not platformer it is a shooter uh not tiny tina's it is a ps5 exclusive not halo not part of a series after march 2020 not it takes two it was played by alex no licensed characters and it's not outriders very well done 15 excellent I had fun with that. I think you guys did pretty well. You guys did That's very well. You guys talked it out and found it. So that gives you both a point. So Alex now it. has five. Tiffany has four. And I have three. Excellent. But a big reason about why I picked Returnal, because it's not super random, is it's actually something that I played. I actually picked up, or I picked up, it was a free download, the free DLC, which is the tower expansion where you're basically it's levels based very arcadey had extra trophies so i had to go back and play it because i have a problem and it was it was a lot of fun 
I, I think a big, I, I don't want to say gripe, but a big thing that Alex and I didn't like as much was kind of how vague the story was. And the DLC, they, they like made the most of it. And they, they allowed more story to come out to where it's a little bit more clear. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely a, a, a small little like three hour experience, maybe like very, very small, but pretty fun. Like maybe, maybe it was a little bit longer than that. Maybe five hours at the most. Was the mode fun enough that you think you'll go back to like on a semi-occasional basis just to like put up a new high score or something? Yeah, I think that the mode would be a lot more fun in co-op. They allow co-op, but they only allow co-op in the main story, which to me is kind of a miss because actually our homie Prescott, he like hit me up and he's like, hey, if you ever want to play Returnal co-op, which we both have the platinum, so like we're not needing to he just really likes the game he's like let me know but i kind of wish that the co-op wasn't just the main story like i, I wish it was this arcadey because i think that's the point of like arcade is just making the highest score as possible and for this you're you're definitely rewarded for finishing rooms faster and clearing faster and once you clear a room you have like your point uh multiplier keeps going backwards until you go to the next room and then it's locked so there's not a lot of time to like scavenge guns and scavenge materials like you have to go and you have to go 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 if you want a really high score that would be perfect for co-op experience unfortunately that's not you know what it is it's only for the main story so i probably won't go back to the tower of sisyphus i i likely will try out co-op just to see what it's like but yeah it was, it was good. It was a great expansion. It was free. So I loved it. So cool, cool, enough cool. about me and that small game. What have you guys been working on? You guys have been kind of busy, right? So I have been playing but paused on Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Okay. I think I'm halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. My biggest joy is rescuing those Waddle Dees and building up my town. I definitely have to say that originally I was kind of disappointed because I got to a point where I felt like I was like, is this all my town? Is this what my town is? Yeah. But then it did further expand. So that was very Mm. nice. I do have to say that my opinion of it is kind of harsh because I had literally the month prior finished playing Mario Odyssey for the first time and comparing Kirby and the Forgotten Land to Mario Odyssey is it's uncomparable mm. like Kirby is not Mario Odyssey however Kirby is a delight I love the character as a whole I have several Kirby plushies um, <laughs> but this game I don't know I just I plan to finish it but it didn't capture me mm-hmm. because it still felt like baby's first platformer mm. yeah I feel like that's the biggest reason why I haven't picked it up because it's a lot of cash to shell out for kind of a easy experience. And I feel like that's why I've almost shied away from Nintendo first party because there's not a lot of difficulty Challenge. with some of their new stuff outside of their mains, you know, like Super Mario Odyssey 2, whenever that comes out, it like I know I'll get it day one because there's going to be it's just going to have a polish to it and a character I love and they do generally have like a hard mode to it 
uh, or at least like a level that's really difficult. Outside of that, like, um, I, I know like Yoshi has had a few titles. They all look mm-hmm. great and cute, and I love the animation style. But I feel like I wouldn't be interested because it would just be like training wheels. You know what I mean? I know. I totally know what you mean. And now that you mention it, like Kirby also has like these little gotcha pawn machines in there. And now mm-hmm. that you mention it, that reminds me of Yoshi's Crafted Crafted World because uh-huh. they also had gotcha pawn machines. And I actually, with my, all my good intentions to finish Yoshi's Crafted World because I was so excited for it, I never did. And I'm going to be completely real I paid full price for Kirby in the Forgotten Land, but I really think that if you can get it when it's like $40 or mm-hmm. like a buy two, get one free with a Target deal or something, then I think that that's probably the best time to get it. But for me, it didn't like, I don't know. I just wasn't as taken as I was with Mario Odyssey. And I think that's the timing in that. But mm-hmm. both of you, I know, have so much to play that it's totally understandable to wait on Kirby. I do think that it's a delightful experience, though. And it's actually not that long, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am trying to get all the collectibles. So that's just on me. You know, it's it's funny you bring up your like slight disappointment in Kirby in the Forgotten Land. And then Matt slightly brings up, you know, the the somewhat lackluster update to Returnal and that, you know, it's not fully co-opable because I, the thing I've been playing mostly in the past time since we last talked about what we've been playing is also something I'm not as happy that it wasn't as good as I thought it could be. And that's Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm. So this is the game by Tango Gameworks, you know, who's under Bethesda. So now they're owned by Microsoft and uh, this is a open world game where you're in Shibuya, particularly in Tokyo. And it's a game that I think really is, I can praise it for its artistic direction, right? Because obviously you've probably seen in trailers, there's a lot of like hand gestures, right? When you're casting quote unquote, the spirit magic, you know, wind, fire and water, there's a lot of gesticulation. It looks really nice, right? Like it looks like quote unquote, you're casting like, jutsus right like techniques yeah. in japanese oh yeah and visually also the world looks really great right reflections you know it's a it you, the whole game takes place at nighttime so the moon's up in the sky the uh, streets are wet it rains actually what's fun is when it rains the actual particle effect for uh the water is the kanji for rain for oh, rain. Oh, that's and cool. And so, like, if you, like, look really closely, you can just see it just says rain, and it's just, like, falling down, you know, all across, all around you. So there's a lot of personality in the game, but I think what it really struggles with is it just doesn't get off from kind of the first few hours, you know? Like, once you play the first, like, opening, like, five hours or so, that's pretty much the rest of it. It's not that long of a game. When I got the Platinum Trophy, I clocked in at basically 30 hours, so it's Mm. relatively short to get through the whole thing, 100% everything, but the game really doesn't change, right? And essentially what the jutsus, what the techniques are for the elements, it's not super inspired, because essentially it comes down to your air element as your, like, pistol, and then the water elements like a shotgun and then the fire elements like a rocket launcher. And so in terms of you using the elements, it doesn't get that interesting and the enemies don't really make you 
change things or use things in a meaningful way because essentially you have regular enemies and then you have enemies that have umbrellas. And so the only difference is that when the enemy has an umbrella, your air attacks will bounce off of it. So you have to either charge the water attack or the fire attack to break the umbrella to then, you know, hit the actual enemy and damage them. And so it's, yeah, it gets pretty repetitive and the actual elements just end up feeling like guns. So Mm -hmm. even though they look cool and like thematically makes sense because you're fighting basically spirits and you're using the spirit energy to kill the spirits or like Mm -hmm. essentially uh, uh, what's, what's the exercise them in a way Uh, it just feels like you're kind of playing a shooter. And so it's not too inspired if you kind of reduce it down to that element. But I would say that definitely kind of like how Tiffany was saying, Kirby, you know, it might not be something that, is worth that full price, I definitely would recommend to say, wait on Ghostwire Tokyo till it goes on sale. I think it also suffers suffers from the same thing of a lot of great ideas, doesn't really execute all the way. And at least though, the story seems to end, which is nice. Like it doesn't seem like this is something that they'll make more of, or if they do make more of it, could at least be evolved in a way that makes it drastically different. Because I do like the idea. I do like Mm -hmm. kind of this spirit fighting ring because the enemies are super cool because they take place and inspiration from Japanese folklore. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have your headless schoolgirls, you have your, you know, what they call uh, kappas, which are basically like those turtle-like spirits that... Yeah, bald yeah, they're turtles. bald, and then they, you know, apparently really like cucumbers, so you have to lure them out. You put down a cucumber, and that, like, lures the cap out, and then you, like, <laughs> hide behind a rock until it starts eating it, and then you can exercise it. Uh, so there's a lot of cool ideas, and in terms of Japanese history, there's a lot of cool things to see. But then again, it does only take place in Shibuya, so it's kind of like a limited scope of Tokyo, so you don't see everything. Um, but... I'm interested to see if they do continue it. You know, I might get this on PC right now that Tango's owned under Microsoft. I highly doubt they'll publish something on PlayStation again, but mm. I could see myself getting a PC copy of a Ghostwire Tokyo 2 or something. Yeah, I almost wonder if, because, you know, with this whole exclusive deal, right? As soon as I would say probably a year, it'll probably be on Game Pass, I, I would guess. Uh, but. I wonder if people are like really jiving with this and want uh, Ghostwire Tokyo 2. I almost wonder, and I would think that they would probably bring it multi-platformer just because it was there. Just just like Deathloop. I, I feel like Deathloop, if there's a Deathloop 2, which I kind of hope not. Like I hope they just, you know, make something new. I, I would think that it would be on PlayStation. But I, I'm very excited to play Ghostwire. I think I was really hyped for it. And then when you started playing it, you kind of gave me the like, ah, well, maybe just wait a little bit. And I'm glad you did because one, I didn't have time because I was playing Elden Ring. But two, like I will wait until it's on sale and I'll probably, I don't know, maybe like half off. That's that's my goal. Like I have it on the um, in the PlayStation store. You can set like a wish list. And so it'll yeah. let you know anytime that like a sale happens. So it's on my wish list. Like I know I'm going to play it. And I'm excited to play it. It'll probably be this year because PlayStation titles go on sale very quick. Like Returnal was on sale super quick last year. So hopefully it's the same little bit, you know, with it. But you give it an 8 out of 10 too, right? Yeah, and definitely if it comes to Game Pass, I would highly recommend it if you have a Game Pass subscription. 
Yes, yeah. check it out. Definitely worth the data cap on your internet, you know, to <laughs> download it and to give it a try, right? Cost free. Because mm-hmm. I think there's some things, you know, play it for a few hours and put it away, right? Like if you really don't have interest in Japanese culture or history yeah. or even just like that area of Tokyo, you can probably find at least some minor fun out of it. You know, blast some ghosts, you know, rip out their soul cores basically, mm-hmm. and then, you know, uninstall it and move on. You know, it, it's it's good enough for a quick fun, quick fun time. And I feel like that's the key because we don't always have to be playing Elden Rings, right? Like we're the Recommended Experience podcast. It's like have fun with what you have. And you know what? Eight out of ten experiences like you gave this game is kind of what I'm all about because we're playing an eight out of ten game right now, Alex. You and I are playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland. And in all intents and purposes, a Borderlands game can only waver between seven and a half and eight and a half in my mind. Like it's basically like that solid eight out of ten. I think Borderlands one like was just really great. I really love Borderlands one. But Tiny Tina's, like the more we play it, I'm like this is probably an 8 out of 10, but I'm having such an awesome time playing it. Like, it is written super well. The Is the combat repetitive? Yes. Are the quests repetitive? Sometimes. But you have some kind of, like, diamonds in the rough. And it's just, like, Alex and I are laughing at random little quips that Tiny Tina has or one of the character has. Like, last night we were playing in, on, like, this pirate level, and they're like... Do you want to know true pain? Try wearing a corset. Like, it is a a line from Pirates of the Caribbean that they just, like, put into this game for no reason whatsoever except to just, like, try to get a quick laugh. Like, I I am really enjoying just the humor. I think it's definitely revitalized humor from Borderlands. Like, I only played 1 and 2, but, like, 1 and 2 is kind of, like, bathroom humor for a lot of it. And this is just kind of like funny. Like this is this is just simple fun jokes. And I'm I've been really enjoying it. Alex, what are, what have you what are your takes on it? What are your oh, takes yeah, on I, it knowing that we're going to play this after this podcast? I definitely th- <laughs> I definitely think uh it's definitely a step up from 3 cuz I I think what the series needed and maybe what Gearbox needed was a shift from how Borderlands has become, right? And as you mentioned, right? Typically, the first of any series is not bad, right? Like, especially mm-hmm. as bad as it can be, since it's your first time experiencing it, you're like, you know, this was kind of rough. Like, maybe some of the jokes don't land, but it's still, you know, it was a fun game overall. And I think definitely Borderlands 1 falls at, and Borderlands 2 is similar where, you know, you're, you're it's chipping away at you, you know, you're, you like it slightly less, and then you hit Borderlands 3, and you're like, you know what, I still like the shooter-looter aspect, but... The, the writing just doesn't cut it. Like a lot of jokes that fall flat, a lot of theming, even though they did have some interesting characters, like they had Penn and Teller show up as like characters, like named Penn and Teller oh, wow. in the game voiced by the actual Penn and Teller. So that was cool. You know, they're typically good about getting like kind of actual named celebrities to appear in these games. And so that's really neat. But, you know, Wonderland's taking that whole D&D inspiration, and also having a star-studded cast, right? You have Wanda Sykes, Will Arnett, you know, Andy Samberg. Like, these are real actors that do a decent job at voice acting. I think they just add to that experience. And so while it's not always their characters that are making the jokes that are funny, I think, generally speaking, because this is not a Borderlands game per se, and it does have that D&D spin on it, 
it does give it, as you said, a revitalized kind of, you know, these jokes are tired, right? They're from, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. The first one came out, what, 2002, mm-hmm. 2001, yeah. like Something very like early on. And so these jokes are technically being ripped from things that are that old, but it's like, you know what? I haven't heard it in a while. It's not bad. And I think definitely the, sh- the shooter looter aspect still carries through, you know, it's always fun to find a new weapon. You look at the numbers, you say, this ain't as high as what I currently got trash. Mm-hmm. And then you find a new one. You're like, Oh, it's higher. You equip that. And so mm-hmm. that never gets old, but at least the writing kind of has come to that point too, where it's like good enough to be a fun time. Did Get you guys go. ever play Gex? Like an N64 no. classic. Um, okay. Well, maybe this is all going to be for not, but it, it, the lines are very similar to Gex, like a 2022 Gex because Gex back in 1990, I don't know, six, seven, whenever it came out, uh, unbelievable. Like, I don't even know why my parents let me play this game because it was like filthy and like the jokes would not hit very well in 2022. Like there's, it's part of the past that's like probably best to keep in the past. Um, even me as a big fan of Gex, like it would not, it would not be okay. Um, but I loved that game because like it felt just so much fun and like every little like one-off line was just like just brought so much humor and everything to it. I I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I remember playing. Uh, I had never owned Gex, the second Gex. I just rented it from Blockbuster like weekend after weekend until I beat the game. Like that's rest in peace, Blockbuster. Rest in peace, except for that one Blockbuster in Alaska or something. Um, yeah, man, what a, what a fun time. But it, it's kind of very reminiscent of that, where it's like you're just playing this game and then just like a one-off line that it's not even a main character. It's like someone who's like some skeleton that's dying makes a line as he's dying. And it's like you may not even hear it if you're like talking on voice chat or something. And it's like some writer somewhere was like, eh, I'll put it in and maybe someone will notice it. Maybe someone won't. Uh, I just love that. So I saw a movie in the movie theater uh, in the last couple weeks. I saw Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Nice. And honestly, I talked about in the previous episode how the the movie series for Fantastic Beasts hasn't really been wowing me lately. Mm -hmm. And there were aspects that I did enjoy about this movie. And then there are aspects that I plot points I did not agree with or like. I was like, why did they do that? Like, what was the point of that? I'm going to be real. Like, it's a, this is a good thing and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You essentially really had to know what happened in the last two movies. I think, I believe I saw the first one twice because I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I ended up, like, buying the Blu-ray or DVD, I think for that first Fantastic Beasts when it was like, you know, $5 on Black Friday. I loved the animals and everything about that. The second movie I only saw once in theaters and I wasn't like wowed. The third one, like I barely remember bits and pieces from the second one, which is important for the third one, which I thought in a way was bad because like I was like, what is happening? But it was good because they didn't like try to recap you know, like they didn't spend like 20 minutes trying to recap yeah. something you should have already known. Uh, but there was also, th- also things that I don't think were explained very well. Like there's this whole congregation of 
magical of witches and wizards and i'm like i don't know that i knew about this congreg like did did were we supposed to know about this congregation from the last two movies obviously i can't answer that question because i didn't rewatch them and i don't remember mm. but there were things like moving forward in this that i don't i was like wait i don't understand like was this known before and then there was a character where i'm like what was the point of this character like this entire movie i was like this is very strange <laughs> so i did love spoiler alert uh, a, are you a gonna brief, spoil it well never mind fine i won't spoil it um no spoiler talk for anything. Fine. We talked about okay, today. you're true. True. But yeah, so <laughs> honestly, like, if you guys want to watch and do it, I don't mm. know that I can hold What it sounds like is, I don't know. Dumbledore's secrets should have stayed secret. Basically. How did how did Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen do? Because I, 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 I'm going to watch this movie, whether it's on TV in like 10 years or if it's on right. some streaming service. Or if I right. eventually go like to like a very cheap showing sometime. Like a Tuesday showing. Yeah. Exactly. I know I'm going to watch this movie, but yes. a big reason of why I wanted to watch it is because Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen, I can just only imagine, I would think their chemistry would be very good. Like they're two great actors in my mind. How do they do? Meh? So they did well individually. Okay. But not I together. did not. I didn't believe they literally make this canon like they like this movie has made it canon that that they were like a thing right yes I I thought that they already established that that in like the Deathly Hallows in the dump that Dumbledore loved Grindelwald but Mm. like it just was they were both so I didn't believe it Okay. Like I just I didn't believe it. They had a scene at the beginning. It's literally in the, like the beginning of the movie, and he's like, "I loved you," and like oh. I just don't. I didn't get it. But I also don't know if because Mads is being like just so focused on his yeah his like agenda as being that wizard. Like I'm done with you. Like mm-hmm. no matter what you say. Like you didn't follow along with my vision you know what i mean like that could have been the ploy but like to them together i didn't really see the like the like angst but yeah and also like give me more magical creatures there's only like three magical creatures in this movie and like that's the thing that i liked and i love the magic the magic that was being used in the movie fantastic but like the plot points of like the politics literal magic politics and i'm like i don't You've lost me. So as a side answer, do you think was the magic that was displayed something that you could see being potentially in the game? I really hope so. I'm so hopeful. Okay. But I'm also like, I'm. And by game, I mean Hogwarts Legacy. They're they're not making a Fantastic Beast game for the uninitiated out there. Right. Did they ever <laughs> explain when like you don't need a spell? That's where I get confused. Like, a lot of magic is being, like, just done with the flick of a wand, and no one's saying any damn spells. And literally... Well, that's the- my question. Is that... Are, like, the words actually the power in this universe? Like, do they ever explain that? 
or no, is it like that's what I don't remember. But I feel like most of the initial movies, though, there was a lot of flicking of the wrist, like to close a door or whatever. Like they're not saying anything, you know. It's just they're kind of like uh, waving I see, around. I thought they, I thought they did. They'd be like Lumos for light. Well, and they like, or is did. This like a, I mean, is this like a power level thing? Is it like the stronger you are, you don't need to say the word? Like, I wonder if it's I'm like, like guiding you to like focus on those words. But like when you're at a certain level, you can focus on the words without saying them out loud and like do it. You know what I mean? It's probably like something yeah. like that where it's like and it's so strong in your heart. You could say Lumos and light it up without actually like, saying Lumos. As a child, I read books one through four, probably like four or five times each. But then mm-hmm. five through seven, I only read once. Yeah, because five is a bad book. Yeah, like it, it happens. <laughs> I mean, so like I probably like if they explain as you get older, you don't need to say the words that might have left me. But yeah, yeah. who knows? Um, and then I watched well, the, couple... all this means is Voldemort doesn't really want to kill Harry because he has to say Avada Kedavra every time. But maybe it's such he a tough spell. Believe. Maybe it's such a tough spell. He has to say it. You know no, what I mean? Voldemort's like, just a weak wizard. He's a yeah, bad wizard. That's bad why he wizard. loses. He's an evil Spoilers! Um, so my last question about this, then we can move on. Yes. Would you recommend this movie? And if so, to whom? I would only recommend it to Harry Potter fans. Okay. If you still love Harry Potter and the the Hogwarts universe, go see it. If so not, is this old fans or current fans? Like, are like do you need? Because it sounds like you needed to have seen the first two Fantastic Beasts even well, appreciate yes. this one. No, a hundred, little bit. Hundo P. So you need to be that much of a fan. You need to have seen. If you've in. If you just want more ma- like Hog- like Hogwarts magic, or not even Hogwarts magic, because they're technically from Overmorny. Wizarding like, World magic. Wizarding World magic. Wa- go ahead and watch it. As a film for someone that doesn't care, then don't. I don't recommend it. Okay. Um, like, yeah. And then also, uh, two other movies that I just will briefly touch on. I watch on, on streaming... The King's Man and The Batman, both movies with the The King's Man was not as was not funny. There was like no comedy. So it was a very different movie from the uh, the two Kingsman movies, which I Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed. However, if you're intrigued about what how the Kingsman group was started, this is literally that movie. But it's very dramatic, based on events of World War One, I, I believe, because um, like real events. Yeah, like legit, like Ferdinand gets like murdered. Wow. In. Okay. So like <laughs> they say that that's part of it, like part <laughs> of the creation of the Kingsman like group. There are some outrageous things that happen, but and there was a sh- there was a moment in the movie where I literally I gasped. Um, but it wasn't like, it wasn't Kingsman. Like I was like, I was like, dang, like, where's the like outrageous, funny stuff that happens, you know, like a crazy lasso battle, you know, like that was in the second one. It was great. This one does not have that. So I don't know that I can, I don't think I recommend watching it unless you like, do you like war? If you like war movies like this, like 
go for. Yeah, but like when I'm when I'm watching a war movie, I'm like wanting to watch like, like Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah, like I'm <laughs> not gonna be watching the Kingsman. The Kingsman. <laughs> the Kingsman. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, honestly, you could probably pass up on it. And okay. the Batman, I just think the length was just so long. I did like his detective work in that movie, but I don't think it was for me. Um, okay. I I've never seen all of the OG Batman movies like the ones with like Val Kilmer George Clooney yeah whatever like I've never actually watched all of like I've never I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it from start to finish for any of them mm-hmm. I've definitely seen bits and pieces of those movies and clips and like my parents what maybe watched it when they were released or whatever but I never really watched them and for the Christian Bale Batman I didn't like Batman Begins like at all but okay. I loved Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises but Dark Knight being my favorite so I'm I guess I'm just not a Batman universe girl mm-hmm. um and so like I thought it was fine like I actually think it's worth watching I think that the Batman is worth watching but it wasn't like the like I don't know that I'd watch it again because it's just also mm. it's a long commitment um but I do plan on listening to the peer review oh okay I was just I, about I to ask you yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna listen to that. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. But. Yasser texted me uh, because you watched it on HBO Max, right? Yes. Because Yasser texted me because um, you know for everybody out there, Yasser and I recorded a peer review on the Batman. Everyone go watch it. It's great. Um, we had some good conversation, and he texted me. He's like, "Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend because he was like already going to watch it again." Because we we both jived with it. That's the, I guess that's the spoiler of it. Um, one of us might have I jived with it a little bit more than he did. Um, I really enjoyed it. Not to spoil what we talked about in the peer review, but honestly, like as a Batman fan, it was a great movie. It was really good. Like the three hours, I get you. Like I get it. It's it's crazy to me though that the Batman and King Kong were so similar in length because King Kong is the only movie that I've ever gotten up out of my seat to go to the bathroom. Like, I've never, <laughs> I've never, like, I've just held it in. I'm like, I'm going to drown internally. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to, that's that's what I'm going to do. Because yeah. I got to watch this. But King Kong, I was like, who cares? Like, I'm so yeah. done with this movie. The Batman, I, I, you know, didn't feel a thing. So, you know, I was, I was ready for it. Um, cool. One last thing I want to talk about. And you knew it was going to happen because Alex said yesterday, he said, you're just going to spend 50 minutes talking about Slay the Spire. <laughs> it's like, yes, I am. Yeah, yes. But this is full circle, Alex. He this took it upon my recommendation. Circle. Exactly. Because we are the Recommending Experience Podcast. And we got this new PS Plus game that came out. When I say new, I mean it's old. Because it's been out for a bit. And Tiffany and Alex both played it. Tiffany was a little bit hotter on it than Alex. And, you know, I didn't know if I would be into it. Because it's a card-based game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And I am so glad I did. Like, I am sitting at, like, 44% of the the trophies. Like, I am digging this game. And I've only really played it for maybe... A week and a half, three. two weeks. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. know. Like I not it hasn't maybe two been weeks. Like 
three weeks. Has it been three weeks? Oh man, um, I can I can figure out when my first achievement was. Yeah, it, it's was. been three weeks because it, it's been three weeks since we last played Tiny Tina. Since <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> You're such a liar. Um, uh, actually, if you look at the timestamps for those trophies, you might see uh, exactly 21 days in between certain trophies. That's, that's a good point. Um, so it's my first trophy record. was about 15 days ago. So. So really, just about two weeks. Okay, so so okay. it took about a week, and then Slay the Spire yeah. stole you away for um, two weeks. <laughs> honestly, this game, like I have gotten, I've gone through the story, at least the base story, with all four characters. Have not gotten the like final ending for any of them, and Me all either. the trophies are so difficult and like yep. so RNG dependent that it hurts me as a like completionist because I don't know if I'm ever going to complete it. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, maybe this will just be my white whale that I will play every, you know, few months or whatever. Yeah. And I'm kind of happy with that. Like, I was looking at PSN profiles today, and, like, I have an A rating on Slay the Spire, which means, like, I'm I'm not completionist. Like, I'm I'm an e- not an S, but A is, like, the top, I don't know, 25% of PSN profile users, like, for trophy progress and things. So... Like I'm, I'm happy with A. Like I, I definitely have given it a good shot, and I've really enjoyed it. And honestly, this makes me think: Are there other genres that I just haven't given that much time a day? Like in my back of my yeah. mind, you guys had like Lost, Lost in Random recently, mm-hmm. um, Inscription, all these things. Where I was like, no, I know it's not for me because it's card based. You know, I'm just not into that. And now I'm thinking. What else should I try? Like, like yeah. this is like my starter drug almost, like for a game. Like, uh, maybe I, maybe I've been like too open. Like, uh, I don't want to play it because it's cards. Um, so I don't know. Maybe this will be something new for me. I don't know. You know, honestly, like what one of the great things about Slay the Spire is that you're not completely building a deck from scratch. Like, you know what? How we most people think most card games are because they are like that you know like magic the gathering pokemon like you like buy card packs and you're like forming your own deck right and it's just like for a new player that's really daunting like how are you supposed to know like what combo Mm -hmm. combination of cards is ideal but slay the Mm -hmm. spire you pick a character you got 10 cards and then you figure it out and then mm-hmm. you swap them in, you swap them out. The more you add, obviously, it takes longer to cycle through your cards. And if you have that one powerful card, it's going to take a while. So maybe you need to weed things out. You know, concepts like that are pretty manageable. And that's why I was also quite taken with Slay the Spire. And so I'm so, it makes me so happy that you really liked it too. Because every time you won, I was like, I also win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because every time I'm also, like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. I was just going to say, I think it's fitting that you say it's it's a game that you'll just come back to every so often because I feel like these days, a lot of games either fall into the bucket of, you know, you play it, you're done with it, you never go back to it, or you're playing it every day, right? Obviously, things like Battle Passes really try to encourage that. So it feels like having that occasional game, you know, whether or not that period's like one week or one month or a few months, right? It feels like that type of game doesn't exist for a lot of people or or is at least getting nudged out of saying, you know, 
I'm not done with the game, but it's not something we have to play every day, right? It's like kind of how the three of us enjoy Fall Guys, mm-hmm. where, you know, back when we first got it, this is a game, loads of fun, played it for probably a good month, almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But then now we're at the point, right, it's almost two years old, but still, it's a game that's still fun to go back to, just not every day, right? And so it definitely feels like for you, Slay the Spires, that same niche of, I love this game and even more so Slay the Spire isn't going to change because I'm pretty sure they're done updating it. And so it's like, you love it. It's not changing. It's not going anywhere. You know, you can go back to it whenever. Yeah. Alex, have you been playing or watching anything else? I have one oh, yeah. more thing I, mean, I want to talk about. I, I want to one up Tiffany because she's like, I saw one movie in the theaters and I said, nay, I got to see two movies in the Whoa. theaters. And so I saw a kid's movie and a very much not a kid's movie. So which one do you want to start with first? Let's go with the kid's movie first. The kid's movie. So obviously the kid's (laughs) movie is Fantastic Beasts. No, just kidding. Oh. It is (laughs) Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in theaters. So avid listeners of the RxP podcast might remember last year. I ended up watching Sonic the Hedgehog 1, you know, on Amazon, rented it for $2, a dollar. $2. Yeah, on the $2. Saw it, thought it was very okay. You know, Ben Schwartz as Sonic, not bad. I love him. James Marsden as the human, not bad. Jim Carrey as Robotnik. Sure. Also not bad. And so here I thought, okay, I saw the first one on Amazon for cheap. I might as well see the second, you know, the fact that the first one did well enough that they made a second also potentially, who knew, maybe Jim Carrey's last movie, and, you know, since he's recent move to backing out of the acting industry that I'm like, I got to see, you know, what Jim Carrey is up to, right? You know, in case this is his last and ultimately it's not bad. I think it's, you know, it's a kid's movie, right? So you have to go in with that perspective and really you have to go into the perspective saying, I think they care a little bit too much about making you want to care about the actual humans in the story as opposed to it being also about Sonic Tails and Knuckles. And it's just this weird dichotomy to say, right? Like you look at the games. I mean, okay, there are some humans in some of the Sonic games, but before they started going down that route, there were no humans in Sonic, right? Like it was only these animal-like creatures. And so you're like, I'm here for the echidna. I'm here for the fox. I'm here for the hedgehog. But then they want you to care about the people in the story. And I'm like, they didn't even exist in the games, right? Like Green Hill Zone is some fictional world that Sonic lives in. And they're like, oh, let's make up a fake world. And I even forget what state they're in. I think they're in Washington. Let's make up a fake city in Washington called Green Hills. And so that's like the analog to say, eh, it's like Green Hill Zone, but it's in Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh and so ultimately, I would say I don't recommend this, even if you're a fan of Sonic. I mean, I would say that as a kid's movie, it definitely like if you're a parent with a child, take them to see this movie. It's a perfect kid's movie as an actual adaptation of Sonic. I'd say if you like the first one, watch this. Otherwise, if you never saw the first one, this one does not change your mind. They do some neat things at the end, which I will spoiler spoil. No, don't do it. No, I'll put it in the time. I'll put it in the no. time stamp. No, post, don't spoil it. It's a post credit scene. Are you no. going to watch it, Matt? 
I Are might watch it? it. I might watch it. Might okay, watch don't it. do it. Alex, don't do okay, it. Okay, okay. No spoilers. Never mind. No spoilers again. Nay. Nay to spoilers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say Walking Away, if you like the first one, watch this. If you didn't watch the first one, this won't change your mind. And does, it's just a good kids movie. Does this move the needle for you at all with Sonic Frontiers, the new Sonic game that looks like Breath of the Wild? Yes and no, mostly because actually my only real exposure to Sonic is Sonic 1 and 2. So back when we were younger, we had a Sega collection for PC Windows. And so I played a lot of old Sega games. There's stuff like Shining Force, Sonic, Sonic 2. And I really like those games. You know, I think Sonic really worked well in a 2D setting. I understand, you know, got to go fast. So I get all those memes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing more recent ones, I never played stuff like Sonic Adventure Battle. I never played, you know, the very more recent stuff like Sonic Boom or uh, I think it's called Sonic Heroes. So I don't know how Sonic does it in a 3D space, but it seemed like those games had more 3D versions of the world's. So I'm like, can they make a good Sonic in 3D? Or is like Sonic really only good in 2D, right? Like when you know you're going left to right as mm-hmm. opposed to, yeah. you know, in a 360 direction. Um, so I, I'm i still waiting. As when they announced it, I was not interested at all. Mm-hmm. You know, pending, who knows what they actually show Frontiers to be. But I probably don't think it'll make any difference like seeing the movie i like sonic as a character you know i think he's fun i like a lot of the other characters in that universe you know i'm hoping for some characters that haven't appeared yet in the first or second movie to finally get their chance in the third one you know they i mean they show one that will be in the third one which i wanted to spoil but i'll hold back (laughs) on it so what was the adult movie yeah the adult one all right, the adult movie, very much adult, you know, rated R. That's how you know it's Whoa. an adult movie when it's so rated adult. R. Yeah, you you need to have parental. There were no thirteen year olds in that entire movie theater. Yeah, exactly, and that is everything, everywhere, all at oh, once. Oh, I'm very interested. Tell me more. Yeah. So this movie and uh, like my recommendation is is that I don't know what my recommendation is yet. <laughs> oh, gosh. you still don't know. Yeah, so I saw this a few days ago. So at the time of recording, it's been a few days. I've I've been sleeping on it. I've been occasionally thinking about it. And it's definitely a movie that I think leans a little bit on the artsy side. Abstract. That, yeah, it's a little too artsy for my taste. But there were several moments where I did laugh. Like there, there are a lot of good, funny, I guess, singular scenes. Mm-hmm. But I think looking at the movie as a whole, it's very confusing, right? It, it took me a while of watching the movie to really try to understand also what the message is. And it's something you do get by the end, which I also appreciate to say. If I walked out of this theater not knowing what the point of the movie was, it would definitely have been a no. But because I got there before the credits rolled, I think you know it gave you enough to try and help you understand what the whole thing was supposed to be about and i at least appreciate that but there are a lot of confusing things there are four things in particular that when you see them you'll be very confused or and or laugh you might laugh at them some people in the audience you know in the theater when i watched laughed but I was just confused as to why they were there. You'll know it when you see it. I'm not going to say specifically what they are, but it's four things. Count it four. Keep that in mind. That's a bad right. number in Chinese culture. Right. That's my favorite um, number. 
but I'm also not Chinese. So like, it's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, um, like, oh, well, that works out. I've heard, um, I've heard great things about this. Like it's got like a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like IMDb is like 8.9 out of 10, which is kind of hard to come by these days. I'm very interested. I will likely watch this. It's another one of those things. I don't know if I'm going to have time <laughs> to go it's, to the theater. Yeah, because it's already like on its way out, technically. Yeah, yeah. So, so but I probably I've, have to wait for streaming. I've also heard that it's kind of like Oscar bait in a lot of ways. Like somewhat, like a lot of people that I I listen to specifically for movies is like, yeah, this is. I watched this thing, one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, and I know that it's probably going to it's going to be represented at the Oscars. So it's something where I'm like, well, do I wait until the Oscars? Like I usually try to watch a lot of the Oscar films right before, but I might go and see it. Who knows? But very, very interested. Cool. All right, Tiffany, what's your last one? My last one. So I've actually gotten back into a previous hobby that I had when I was younger. I'm reading a lot now. Like I've picked, I've picked up books again, like novels, and it's just been a whirlwind of just binge reading because uh-huh. I can read a book faster than I can watch like a 12-hour miniseries, you know, like uh-huh. in, in general. Anyway, so the book that I want to talk about will be turning into a movie, and that's why I want to talk about it. Oh, okay. I read this book called Project Hail Mary. It is written by the same author that wrote The Martian, which was adapted Ooh, into yeah. a film with Matt Damon. Project Hail Mary it will be made into a film with Ryan Gosling starring as a titular character or not what well, not titular character because it's not the character's not named Hail Mary. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. But he's the main character and Christopher Lord and Miller, I forgot what Philip Miller maybe. I don't know. Lord and Miller basically are the ones like producing the movie. And they are the ones that made Into the Spider-Verse and the first couple Lego movies and my favorite murder mystery show, The After Party. So I'm quite excited. Mm. Premise premise of the book is that this guy wakes up with no memories of what is going on in a strange place. And he basically realizes he's on a spaceship. And then as he's going through space, he starts remembering why he's there. Also, he has two other crewmates. When he wakes up, they're dead. Like, he's basically alone. And he's like, what is happening? And this isn't much of a spoiler because that's literally kind of the first couple chapters of the book. And it's on, like, the book jacket. But, yeah, he's basically hurtling in space. He has no idea where he's going. He has no idea what is happening. And he sciences the heck out of everything. And it's awesome. And I'm so excited for the movie. And I'm actually, like, it. I think it takes a lot for a movie to have essentially, like, one main character. You know, like, mm-hmm. Will Smith in that zombie apocalypse movie. Sandra Bullock in Gravity. Or, you know, like all these movies that just has like one person like kind of dealing with things like, you know, Tom Hanks and Castaway and all that stuff. I think Ryan Gosling will do great. Like, I think he can handle that. And I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, So I hope that this movie comes out within the next like three years or something. But five out of five, like 100% would recommend the book for those listeners that are into reading. I can't wait to watch a movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, Al- I was like, Alex, do you want to borrow it? And he's like, I'll just wait for the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like the dynamic duo of Phil Lord and Chris Chris Miller. Like that'll be that'll be pretty good. So. Oh, so their name is Phil Lord and Christopher. Yeah, Lord. yeah, Not, you like I had said, him switch. Oh, I, was I like, said Christopher Lord. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. why you were doing that. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mobby. No, it's good. That's good. Sweet. I think we've got some solid recommendations for everybody to go try out. But uh, I think that's it. Episode sixty-eight in the book. One away, you know, from the nicest of all episodes. But if you want to <laughs> reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at rxp underscore podcast. Email us at rxp.podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe, all those things. It's under rxp podcast. Um, Other than that, take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you to Grandmaster Doug for the music. And bye. But I'm also not Chinese, so, like, it's fine. (laughs) Rest in peace, Blockbuster.